Hello and welcome to the Fourth and Forever Podcast Light. It's just me today, as uh, Darren is too busy for his friends or hobbies and is a terrible human. But um, yeah, I think we all knew that already. Uh, my name is Stuart Bothwell and I'm in a rather unfamiliar setting today. Uh, not just due to the absence of my dear compatriot, um, but because I am recording this from New Zealand's Art Deco capital, Napier in Hawke's Bay. Uh, so I'm up here for work at the moment and got a little time to take in a little bit of the beautiful 27 degree day before locking myself in my cubby home hotel and get caught up on any NFL action that I'd yet to see. So that's been my evening. I have been uh, doing so accompanied by a few beers. Mm. Which I just um, needlessly sipped very loud into the mic just for the, the sake of uh, getting that on the audio capture. It's an Emerson's Hazed and Confused I'm on right now. Cloudy IPA. Hmm, very tasty. Um, so yeah, what I'm going to try to do today on my lonesome sniff is uh, rapid fire through the key points of each game from this week. So uh, I might do this maybe accompanied by some jazzy music in the background. Who knows? Depends on how much I can be bothered doing. Uh, before the end of the evening, it is half past ten right now, and I do have to get up and do some more work tomorrow, so yeesh, who knows. Um, well, who knows, if this format's popular, then maybe we'll just do away with Darren altogether. What do you think? Let me know. Anyway, let's get right into it, and we will go to Thursday Night Football, and the Houston Texans, uh, led by Deshaun Watson, managed to hang in there to beat the Indianapolis Colts 2017 in Houston. Uh, stout pass defense kept uh, Jacoby Brissett under 130 yards through the air, so he was clearly not looking himself in this one. Uh, Jonathan Williams, uh, running back in place for Marlon Mack at the moment, got himself another 100-yard game on the ground, plus a touchdown, so that's really good for him. He's maybe a guy to keep an eye on, especially in fantasy circles at the moment. Uh, the Texans were pretty slow and steady for most of the game, uh, but it was the big chunk plays to Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins which were enough to really sway the tie. God, I'm burping a lot, it's that hazed and confused. Alright, alright, alright. Uh, Hopkins caught the game-winning 30-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter, which was his second of the game. But it wasn't all perfect for Deshaun Watson, as uh, he threw his first home interception in 10 games. And it's a really silly one too. Yeah, not much more to be said on this one. Uh, the scoreline, I still feel kind of flattered. The the uh, the Colts, I don't think they were that good in this one. Texans move up to seven and four. Indy dropped to six and five. Uh, my Denver Broncos were woeful against a rock-solid Buffalo Bills defense, which held Brandon Allen to just 82 yards on 25 attempts which I believe I heard someone say is the worst ratio since clipboard Jesus himself, Charlie Whitehurst, many moons ago, uh, as the upstate New Yorkers ran out 20-3 victors. The Broncos averaged just 4.8 inches, not yards, per play on their last five drives. Ouch. They're one of only two teams with fewer than 25 points in every game this season. The other is Cincinnati. Double ouch. Frank Gore moved above Barry Sanders to become the third-time, third all-time leading rusher in the NFL. 
But uh, one thing which has not been mentioned as much is that he also surpassed Marshall Falk for the fourth most scrimmage yards in NFL history. So yeah, have a day, Frankie. A little bit, little bit late now, but yeah, enjoy yourself. You deserve it. A real grinder, uh, a running back, and um, one of my favorite players for many, many years. Seems he's been around forever. And well, that's how he's got there. Well deserved. Um, on offense, the Bills were pretty businesslike in their approach. They really ground out on the ground, and they had enough uh, big plays through the air, especially to Smokey Brown again, who beat Chris Harris Jr. for, for a touchdown. Um, but it just seemed that every time you looked up, you thought that the Broncos' defense were going to get somewhere with getting Josh Allen down. And then he just wriggles out, escapes from tacklers, makes a first down, and completely deflates a really good Broncos' defense. So I would say that Josh Allen had a much better day than the stats actually showed. And uh, he should be proud of himself. I should Devin Singletree. He had another good game today. Uh, the Giants lost to the Bears 14-19 in a bit of a stinker. Both Daniel Jones and Mitchell Trubisky were awful in this one. So Trubbs was bailed out by his receivers on multiple occasions. And Jones just kept coughing at the ball and couldn't hit anything deep. It was all really dink and dunk stuff. But um, he still shows more promise than Trubisky. Uh, since you know he was going up against a harder defense, I would say. Um, and Trubisky would still be warming the bench if they had any options other than old man Chase Daniel back there. <sighs> Saquon Barkley hasn't had a 100-yard game since week two. And obviously, that hasn't been helped by injuries, but he's really struggling to have an impact on this team because they're just, they're just so bad. They have to always come from behind. <sighs> yeah, you're just not using him. And he also had a bit of a drop on a potential first-down conversion that he just didn't get both hands on. I'm beginning to wonder if he might feel a little bit deflated this season, but I would certainly poo-poo any detractors saying that they should pull him out for the rest of the season and give him a rest. Nah, nah, that's not what football's about. Uh, also, Khalil Mack's forced fumble in the third quarter was his 17th forced fumble since 2016. God, that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> that is really a lot. But yeah, that's enough of that one. Let's move on. Oh, why? Why? There's some shit games this week. So yeah, it gets worse. Uh, the Steelers beat the Bengals 16-10 in the battle of the most inept QBs in the league. Uh, Mason Rudolph was actually benched for Devin Hodges in this one, who then promptly threw a 70-yard touchdown bomb on his second pass to really kick the game into gear. And then... nothing happened. It was back to, you know, same as usual. Hodges will start again this week. Um, Ryan Finley wasn't good, but how could anyone be good on this team? Yeah, Andy Dalton starts next week. Ryan Finley, he's shown, you know, what, what has he shown? How can anyone show anything on that Bengals team? That offensive line is among the worst I've ever seen. Um, uh, and they, they've just, they're just going nowhere, except for the number one overall pick. Uh, Joe Mixon ran as hard as he could given the circumstances for the Bengals and Benny Snell Jr. made some plays. Nah, gotta move on. And the Cleveland Browns finally exploded and put up 41 points in a game. Yeah! Woo! Oh, it was, it was against the Dolphins though. 
Ah well, they'll take it. 41-24 with a bunch of third quarter points from the Finns, making it look far more respectable than it was. So Mayfield, Mayfield was on good form, making the most of all the opportunities afforded to him by this terrible, terrible defence. Uh, connecting with Jarvis Landry for two scores, and he got to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. for one too. Uh, Nick Chubb was also a monster in this one, getting another 100-yard game, and he also got a touchdown himself. But personally, my favourite moment in this one was when the Dolphins scored a touchdown, whilst about 28 points down in the third quarter, and um, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Mike Gesicki just celebrated like a bunch of six-year-olds who just discovered Gak for the first time. It was, it was amazing. Just so happy, and I love seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick do that silly little smile he has. And honestly, he's just great. He's he's living life, and uh, yeah, he's just he's doing what he needs to do for that Dolphins team, who are still bad, and the Browns might be okay. I guess maybe. Who really knows? They've got some easy teams to play. Good for them. Uh, the Buccaneers rolled all over the Falcons in Atlanta to the tune of 35-22, but this was another game that wasn't nearly as close as that scoreline would suggest. So Jameis Winston had a very Jameis Winston game with some silly plays and some sick deep plays, but Matt Ryan was even more Jameis than Jameis with some big plays down the field, no scores, and some turnovers. It was a really ugly game from Ryan. But the real star of this game, without a doubt, was wide receiver Chris Godwin. So the, the Tampa Bay wideout was snagging deep balls, like absolutely bisecting defenders, making them run into each other, breaking tackles, and made one of the most amazing one-handed catches for a TD you'll see this season. Uh, he adjusts to a pretty bad ball from Jameis Winston, surprise, surprise, snags it with one hand whilst kind of like I don't know, he's putting himself in a weird C-shape almost, it's crazy. And then, at the same time as he snags it with one hand, he is simultaneously, that's what the word simultaneous means, Stuart, yeah, good job, is hit by a defender, yet holds on, it is excellent. And I would strongly recommend that if you want to just go back and see one highlight from the week, that might be one of the ones you want to go and check out. Uh, so yeah, Atlanta just weren't really in this one. Um, It was ugly. <laughs> Their renaissance after beating the Saints ends on a whimper, and the Bucks continue to be fun to watch. What more can you say? Uh, speaking of the New Orleans Saints, the Panthers should have beaten them, but missed out on two PATs, as well as a 28-yard field goal in the final moments from Joey Sly, confining them to a 34-31 defeat, which was pretty painful. Uh, Carolina also failed to convert on a two-point conversion at the start of the third quarter. Now, I wouldn't quite go blaming Sly for the final missed kick, as there was a player leaping over the line right in his face as he kicked. So where was he going to put it? He had a pretty small margin of error to get through there. And to my mind, it could well have been a penalty on the play, because the guy who jumped the line also touched a player as he was coming over, whether he impeded anyone or broke any rules there maybe a little bit more debatable than some other calls that I can talk about later. Um, the Saints also, so the Saints actually also fell foul to a PI review, which is rather ironic considering that that thing is only in place because of uh, them from last season. Uh, so yeah, that must suck for them. But anyway, I haven't enough time for ref chat right now, so I'll save that one for the Patriots versus Cowboys, shall we? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. 
Uh, Kyle Allen showed that he could sling it in this game, throwing for three scores and really just managing to keep them in it. Uh, of course, Christian McCaffrey did Christian McCaffrey things. Uh, his change of pace to blitz past someone, like you think he's running as fast as he can, and then he runs faster and completely takes out whatever angle you'd try to account for. He's still a crazy human. Um, speaking of crazy humans, uh, Michael Thomas had another 10 receptions in this one and is on pace to shatter the 143 catch mark set by former Colt Marvin Harrison. Uh, also, the one-two punch of Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray really helped the Saints lock this one out as they were really solid on the ground. Uh, Jared Cook also had a really fine game and uh, Drew Brees returned to form with some excellent strikes, particularly to the sideline and the aforementioned Michael Thomas. Uh, they just hold on in this one, get down uh, to push themselves ahead late on, and then keep ahead. Yeah, good game this one, worth checking out. Uh, the Seahawks are a good football team, surprise surprise. The Eagles are a really good defense with a bad offense. That's not really a surprise either, really. Um, but that was the difference in a 17-9 victory for Seattle. So the Eagles have been hit with some injuries all over the place. But in this one, Wentz was just really bad for the vast majority of it. He was just missing on some really silly throws. Had a guy free at the back of the end zone. Actually, just free... Well, sorry, not at the back of the end zone. That was one that Russell Wilson missed out on. Um, which was also very silly and strange. But um, Wentz missed, missed out just kind of... The ball just seemed to slip out of his hands a couple of times, and um, I'm just wondering if that's a physical thing, or if it's just in his head, I don't really know. Or maybe it's just who he's throwing to, with like some Mac Hollins being garbage. Uh, Jordan Matthews, I believe, has now been released after just two weeks there, so that's uh, went his best mate out of the building already. <sighs> yeah, wasn't good. Uh, like I say, Wilson was hardly great either, but he was up a really good defense, uh, whereas Seattle's defense is arguably not nearly, actually, I don't think even arguably not nearly as good as the Eagles' defense. Uh, the only real play that Wilson had uh, to break the defense was a gorgeously executed flea flicker to Malik Turner in the first quarter. Um, but... Yeah, that was that kind of just put them out ahead for a little bit, but the game was absolutely clinched on Rashad Penny's bulldozing run for a score in the fourth quarter. And uh, I'd expect to see more of Rashad Penny in the coming weeks because Chris Carson fumbled twice on back-to-back -back plays, uh, making him so bring his tally of fumbles up to eight on the season, which is the worst in the league for a running back. And you just can't turn the ball over like that. It's it's too far too valuable turning the ball over. Uh, so meanwhile, the Eagles have not had a hundred yard rusher in thirty nine games. Wow. Right, moving on from there. And damn, Detroit back at it again with the shot football, aided by a very. So it is very unably by the Washington Redskins. The Lions lost 19-16. Uh, both QBs were god-awful against poor defenses. Bo Scarborough was probably the highlight in this game, and even he wasn't that great at running back for Detroit. Um, but this game was essentially decided by Stephen Sims' kick return for the Redskins. Uh, he, and he took it to the house after muffing the initial catch. Yeah. 
God's sake. Even with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, the Lions should have won this one by double digits. With the weapons he has at his disposal, this should just be way superior. But for whatever reason, it just didn't materialize. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was bad. Terry McLaurin, very good. He built him out on multiple occasions. And uh, Kelvin Harmon also helped out with uh, a big-time one-hander to put them in field goal position uh, in the second quarter. Now, with the game not quite over, Haskins was away taking selfies with fans with time still on the clock. Now, to be fair to him, there was zero on the clock when he initially looked up, um, but the rest put a second back on. So as he was away taking selfies, Case Keenum had to grab his helmet, run in and kneel down the ball in order to finish the game. So not a great look there for Haskins. Um, I guess he just wanted to enjoy time with his fans, but rookie mistake. I'm really hoping that he learns from this and just makes sure that the game is over before he goes and does anything like that again. Uh, the Jets absolutely smashed the Oakland Raiders 34-3 in New York, uh, knocking them off the top of their high horse for their big trip to Kansas City next week. Uh, Sam Darnold had a fine game, but it was a really complete performance from the whole team. So Robbie Anderson had some key grabs, Lev Bell even showed up with some crazy work in the passing game, including uh, an absolute moss catch um, where he just goes right over the top of the defender. Uh, so it wasn't exactly the best placed ball from Darnold, but you know, we'll give him it. Uh, Brian Poole picked off a Derek Carr pass and took it to the house. Jamal Adams got another sack again from safety. Braxton Barrios even had a big catch, stopped at the one yard line. It's just, yeah, Carr, Carr was not good. That, that Oakland offensive line, which some were touting earlier on in the season as being the, like one of the better in the league and really underrated, was just nowhere to be found in this one. Uh, so I don't think Carr topped 130 yards in this one. Uh, so yeah, the less said about them, the better. A couple of really crazy calls though. Um, Max Crosby uh, went in and sacked Sam Darnold, but then there was a roughing the passer call, um, which to my mind just looked silly. It's just too soft. It's just another instance of a guy going in and making sure that the quarterback is tackled. Not Nothing hard, nothing helmet to helmet or anything. And he gets called for a flag. Mm, don't like it. Do like Max Crosby though good player. So yep, certainly a performance to build on for the Jets and one to forget for the Raiders. Now the, actually before I go on, I need to take a, need to take a quick commercial break for Emerson's Brewery, established in 1992. <sighs> Hazed and confused, cloudy IPA. In 1992, Richard Emerson decided the world needed another brewery. Fortunately, all advice to the contrary fell on profoundly deaf ears. Emerson's brewery has come a long way since then. Well, about 500 meters. I think they moved their brewery about 500 meters. Yeah. There's far more stuff on the side of this, but um, yeah, you don't need to know that. You didn't even need to know that, to be perfectly fair. But um, yeah, it's a Dunedin brewery. Check it out. Mm. Most people won't be able to get that out there, but yeah, I can. It's nice. So yeah, moving on. 
the Titans made a real meal out of the Jaguars 42-20. Now, Derrick Henry was everything that the Jaguars wanted Leonard Fournette to be, with a bruising 159-yard two-touchdown performance, including another big 80-plus-yard touchdown run where he stiff-armed a Jags defender for literally 20 yards. It was nice. If you liked him, if you liked him going beast mode against the Jags last season, you're going to enjoy this one. Because it, it good, it good. Now, fair enough to Fournette. He did have two touchdowns of his own, but they both came in garbage time when it, nothing mattered. Uh, Nick Foles tried to light a spark under this team, but the Titans just got out ahead and kept ahead, and the Jags had no answer. Um, they were never really in this game. Uh, someone who really was in this game was Ryan Tannehill, who's doing a great job at convincing the Titans that he's the guy to invest in with uh, two really nice rushing touchdowns and another two passing, including a big one to AJ Brown, who is really looking the part of wide receiver there. Uh, he could really start to work himself into this game. And this team, uh, he, he has had four touchdowns this season, I believe, which is a Titans record for a rookie. So yeah, keep an eye on him. Uh, they're still very much in the hunt for the AFC South, just one game back on six and five. And the Jags were banking on their defense, not be, sorry, on their defense being good enough to carry their offense this season. No, this is another year where that did not happen, and they dropped to four and seven. Now the Cowboys Patriots were the game played in some pretty horrendous rain, resulting in missed kicks and a general lack of offense. But the Patriots came out thirteen to nine winners in that low scorer. Now, with the boys driving with about six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Down six points to 13. Uh, a big uh, a big Dak pass to Randall Cobb, who then takes it down the field for the easily the biggest play of the game. Uh, gets, them, gets them close enough and they dig a little bit closer. They get to just shy of the 20 yard line. And Jason Garrett opts to kick the field goal rather than go for it on fourth down, knowing that they would still need to score a touchdown before the end of the game. So considering they had been nowhere near scoring throughout the rest of this game, this was, to say the least, a very questionable decision. So they go for the field goal, they take that 13-9. Now, speaking of questionable decisions, the refs. Now, before you accuse me of being biased against the Patriots, go and watch whatever the hell these guys are calling tripping on Travis Frederick on the final Dallas drive to nullify a Zeke first down, because it makes no sense to me. It made no sense to Troy Aikman, but what does? And I believe it makes no sense to anyone with any sense. I genuinely feel bad for the Cowboys fans, and you know, that's really saying something. Um, there, there, like through the course of the season, there had been I think it was uh, four tripping penalties called in the entire NFL, and then there was two called was it on the same drive or within two drives for the Cowboys, and um, yeah, th this this one on on Frederick in particular made no sense to me, uh, and um, the. Uh, officials description of why it's a foul as well didn't make any sense to me either and yeah I just didn't like it but um, yeah Patriots come out winners in this one 
they, they still have their problems, but it's really hard to take anything from this game because of the weather. It was really, really tough playing conditions. So really hard to glean anything from this other than these are two good football teams with uh, strong defenses. I thought Dallas would win this one, but I think that that um, weather was just too much to do anything. Moving on, the 49ers versus Packers was supposed to be the marquee game of the week, and one that yours truly was certainly looking forward to. Um, but it turned out to be one of the most one-sided games of the week. So the Niners held Rodgers to just 104 yards on 33 pass attempts. And you could be forgiven for thinking that he'd amended his last name to Rodgers is under pressure. Of course, that's like a... Uh, like a Honduran sort of name, I would think. You know, just a little double barrel on the end there. Moving on. Uh, Nick Bosa made the most of Brian Balaga being injured pretty early on and absolutely dominated his side of the ball. And anyone else who was over that way found success too. Uh, along with Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, DeForest Buckner, he put on a dominant performance. Uh, the 49ers are allowing... Uh, on average, 136.9 yards per game passing this season. Uh, if they were to continue that, that would be the fewest by any team in a season since the 1982 Dolphins, who allowed 114.1, which is ridiculous. I mean, wait, 1982, I'm trying to think, was that was that a year when they had the, uh, the lockouts? I don't know. Anyway, go look it up. There you go, some homework for you. So on offense, Jimmy G was under pressure a fair bit himself, but some great play calling uh, was really scheming some guys open for him often when he could keep his head up. Uh, George Kittle was the main beneficiary of this on a 60-yard catch and run for a touchdown in the third quarter. And uh, Debo Samuel continues to be very impressive and got another score to add to his tally. Uh, there was nothing redeeming for the Packers in this one. Devante Adams is back and got on the score sheet on a shovel pass. That's... Um, about it. Yay! They'll look to move on from this one and get back to things next week. Uh, now, if you haven't seen the Ravens versus Rams yet, then go ahead. Go on. I'll wait. You need to see it. It's great. Like, honestly, Lamar Jackson is absolutely electrifying, you know. Um, I'll happily put my hands up and say that uh, he has far out surpassed my expectations for him this season uh, I think I had the Bills down to finish a, look, finish with more wins than the Ravens this year and you know, I think to my credit the Bills have done very well but the Ravens are something else and Lamar Jackson is 100% one of the reasons behind that so yeah he's electrifying and at one point in this game he was 9 of 9 for 85 yards and 3 scores so not all the yards because the Rams were so bad but he ended up with five scores through the air and 95 yards rushing and the Ravens just blew ahead so early on that they just had to sit on their lead by running the ball but the Rams just could not stop Jackson, Ingram, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill anyone who happened to be around at the time was having success running the ball like they could have handed it off to me and I would have got 50 yards in this game they could have handed it off to Darren and he would have went over his ankle and um, been out indefinitely. Uh, they could have handed it off to uh, my mum, hand it off to your mum. Uh, if, if they wanted to suit up, you know, I'm just go on, ask your mum. Does she want to sign for the Ravens? I know a guy. Anyway, 
the Ravens are masterful at the fake handoff as well. They hide it so well uh, to the point where Eric Weddle, uh, the safety for the Rams, was quoted as saying that they had no idea where the ball was most of the time. And listening to the interview with Weddle, he just sounds shell-shocked. And he almost has to stop himself from being too glowing in his praise. Uh, just saying that, you know, Jackson's the MVP, like, how, how can you stop that? And, um, yeah, I think you just have to agree with him. Um, on the other side of things, the Rams were inept. 22 yards rushing, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and you know that Marcus Peters was loving picking off a pass against the team who shipped him off uh, when he was seen shouting Jalen Ramsey's name. Jalen Ramsey being the player that the Rams traded for and then shipped off Peters. So, you know, where's this Rams team of last year? Hmm? McVeigh? What happened, man? Yeah. We missed them because they were fun last year. This year, just a bit, bit trash. So uncertain. Don't know where they're going. But um, yeah, the Ravens won this one without even having to try, is what it looked like to me. Uh, Willie Sneed got two scores through the air, as did Hollywood Brown. Mark Ingram was stellar yet again, with a score on the ground and one through the air, on top of 111 yards rushing. You know, what more can be said? Ravens are the best team in the NFL, and they are just, they're like no other. And they come out of this one with a 45 to 6 win. And on that note, God, how good was that? Let's see. That was, ooh, half an hour. God, yeah, this is this is great. At least I think it is. Obviously, we're not being as detailed and there's not as much back and forth or me ripping into Darren, uh, which is something I do miss. I mean, you know, it's great just being able to have a go at him. He's a good punching bag. And he can't say anything about me because he's not here right now. Um, but if he listens to this, you know, actually, no, he better listen to this because he will be getting tested next week. So, yep, Darren, I hope you were taking notes. And um, on that note, I am out of here. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this rather different format. Please do let us know what you thought. And we might see about incorporating this into the future another time. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was difficult. I had to put a lot of effort into that one, actually. Uh, so I hope it was worth it for you guys. So uh, for now, good night, and I'm off to try and forget that I'm a Broncos fan. Uh... <laughs> so bad. Sorry. Have a good one, folks. Catch you later. <laughs>